Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Uh, well, I want to thank you um, for joining us today on Business Playmakers, and, and we've got a very special guest, uh, Damien, who is uh, who is an author and, and really created a great journey and, and is using his story to be able to help others, um, especially in the world of of financial success and, and financial freedom and, um, and, and sort of creating a life that is theirs where that they control instead of being controlled. So, um, uh, so I'm not going to give too much of it away, Damon. I want you to just kind of take us here and, and, uh, walk us through your journey, walk us through, um, your career and kind of what led to where you are right now. You know what? I think that we, we can sum it up with one thing. I think I made more mistakes faster than anybody thought was possible, including me. Yeah. And it was because I didn't do anything that was conventional. So I was the guy that, that said, okay, I'm going to go to college for about five minutes. I actually got thrown out of college a couple of times. I was, mm-hmm. I was invited to leave. And it was because I set up a bookstore on campus and I put the bookstore on campus out of business. And it, yeah. this, was, this is like who I was. It was just you know, I, I didn't really accept the norm. If somebody told me this is how it is, I said, yeah, but could we do it better? Or right. that sucks. Let me, let me totally come up with a new idea. Yeah. And that that's even when I had an amazing opportunity and I, I think sometimes we get trapped in opportunities that are right for somebody else, but they're not right for us. Yeah, like I, yeah. at, at 19 years old, I had an opportunity to have my own insurance agency, which is unprecedented. That is. And, and, you know, I opened it up for a year and a half. I was on track to make a million bucks a year by the time I was 40. And it's funny because that was somebody else's dream. It wasn't mine. Yeah. And I said, wait, a year and a half in, this is not what I want. So I went and started doing real estate and it was there that I could really just open up. And I think that's what yeah. we all are looking for is that thing where we can open up and just shine and like wake up going, I can't wait to get started versus, oh man, this is hell. I don't want to yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, this is somebody else. This is my parents or my friends or like society. Right. So I just kept going and doing these things. And what that means is I finally found the thing that was perfect that, that everything worked out. And no, I'm just kidding. It didn't work out at all. <laughs> like everything was a mess because I was in the darkness, man. I was in the yeah. woods. And, and that's, that's the scary thing. I think for most of us is going into the woods and not knowing the path because we have to make yeah. it up and you stub your toes and you bleed and sometimes you lose sure. an appendage. And, yeah. and that, that's what I ended up doing. And it, it was uh, it was a brutal process because um, in, in making, in that success of that real estate world where I ended up making, building a portfolio, I had $20 million in real estate, I had a $5 mm-hmm. million net worth. I thought I was pretty, pretty impressive until I lost 20 million bucks. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was the journey that I had to go through the path I had to take to really come out on the other side and say, okay, here's what I learned. Cause you can't really learn the things that you'll learn by losing if you're always winning. Yeah. That is the worst scenario. If you're always, if yeah. somebody says, "Hey, invest in my real estate deal," and they've always won, they've never lost money. Run, run as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those those lessons are uh, are are key to you know what I kind of the way I refer to this. That that's really um, 
um, that's the bridge between failure and success right there, you know, is the, those mistakes and the way they're able to learn from those. So you, you talked about that, you know, you, you lost it all and really, um, gave you an opportunity to sort of reinvent yourself over the last uh, 10 years or so. So maybe kind of walk us through that over the last few years and, and just, um, what you learned through that process and how you were able to kind of reinvent what your journey was going to look like. Kyle, you said something that I think everybody should take a pen and, and make a note of right now. I mean, this is really important. When you said I lost everything, I did because the only thing I had was the money. And yeah. it, my, my, my net worth was my self-worth and vice versa. So when my yeah. net worth went away, yeah. and this is what I see a lot of people doing. They're just going, all right, I'm going to go do a deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my business. I'm going to make this money. Yeah. My question is, what else do you have that is satisfying, is fulfilling you? How are you satisfying the other parts of your life? Because if it's yeah. just about you making more money, man, that can go away. Stuff yeah. happens. There's, there's a disruptive world out there. And there are people in their garages all over the world trying to make you irrelevant and obsolete. Right. So when, when I lost that stuff, I had to figure out, all right, is there any worth in Damien Lupo? Like, mm-hmm. is, should I even be around? I mean, you get really suicidal when the only yeah. thing you have and are is your money and it goes yeah. away. So the process of reinventing was stepping back, asking what, what was true. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a great question. What is true? What is true back then was I was a total douche and all I cared about was money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was a yeah. jerk. Yeah. And I said, I don't want that anymore. That's not who I am. Who am I? Yeah. I, I realized I was a teacher. And, and mm-hmm. so because of my martial arts background, there was, there was this inner burn that I wanted to go and go deeper into that and teach more. So I started spending time with a guy that I, that asked me that question. I just asked you, what is true? Mm-hmm. We spent two years where every week we asked the question, what is true? And he'd just sit there in his office and he'd stare at me and I'd sit there and go, well, what, what is true? And I'd go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And eventually I popped out and said, okay, you know what? I get who I was. I get who mm-hmm. I am. And I'm going to drive this ship based on something more than just a hedonistic external expression of success. Yeah. I'm going to actually drive a ship based on a mission and some values and something that contributes to other people. And it's not just me getting fat and stupid and, and yeah. you know, like Roman, like, you know how the Romans basically yeah. just ate themselves to death and right. they had a lot of gladiator games. Well, yeah. shoot, man, that's easy to do in this society. You yeah. can just do it until you die. Yeah. Um, I came out the other side and, and the, the shift really went into a space of me ending up on a mission where I am here to free a million people from financial bondage. Yeah. That is my mission. Everything I do, every relationship I have, this conversation supports that. Mm-hmm. If this conversation yeah. did not support that, you and I would not be on this call. People would not yeah. be listening to this. Yeah. So it, it helps guide us. Otherwise, man, it's like a squirrel bonanza right now. There are shiny objects everywhere. There's yeah. a Facebook feed that never ends. And yeah. we can we can be infinitely indefinitely distracted by things that have no real importance in our life. Yeah. So I, I have a very clear guiding light, my mm-hmm. North star, if you will. And so everything pulls me in that direction. And I would, I would encourage everybody to find that thing. And if you don't have that thing, take a pause before you beat yourself up anymore on the wrong path. Cause you can be moving forward, but man, you may be going in the wrong direction. So I don't care how fast you're going, make sure you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Well, and I do love that, you know, you've made that very clear, um, uh, you know, in, in your message that your goal is 
is to free a million people from this financial bondage. That so you, you, there's a there's a very set kind of tangible goal, and of course you look for feedback um, from people and that you can share with others. But you look for that feedback to know um, you know those areas that you're hitting. But I do think that's great that you've kind of created this very defined and clear plan. Like this is what I'm here to do. And as you say, you know, every step you take every day is is trying to get you one step closer to doing that. Um, so Damon, uh, Damien, when, when you look through the course of your career, and I would say this has probably shifted quite a bit from maybe early in your career to where you are right now, but um, I'm sure you've had some mentors along the way that have kind of helped guide you a little bit. And maybe earlier it was people that helped guide you just simply to financial, uh, I'm going to use air quotes, success to, you know, maybe where you are now where it's more of um, personal and, and financial freedom and, and what that looks like. But but through the course of your career, um, what are some characteristics maybe of those mentors that you've looked to primarily that we may be able to help others understand, like whenever you see these people that you, maybe you want to look up to or you want to try to follow or ride those coattails, what do, what do we need to be looking for in those people that you have found that have really helped you through the course of, through, through your journey? Man, that is a great question. Let me tell you what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you what you do want to do. And, and, I, and this is really because I see a lot of people chasing the, the glitz and the glamour. I yeah. see guys like Ty Lopez, who I've gotten a lot of interesting good value from. But Ty sits there and has this picture of his Lamborghini in his garage. And people go, ooh, I want to be Ty. Yeah. And my suggestion is, get, figure out what's under the hood of the car and of the guy. Yeah. And when, when I was going out there looking for mentors, I looked for guys that um, pr- primarily men. In, yeah. in my case, I was looking for a guy that I could be. And, and that yeah. modeling is awesome. The problem is I was looking on top. I wasn't looking below. And so I saw these guys that had tens and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars. They lived in yeah. castles. And one guy wrote your first hundred million. And that was, that was the book. That was his mm-hmm. Bible. And so I said, ah, you know what? I want to be that guy. He lives yeah. in a 45,000 square foot castle. So I flew out to England yeah. and I hung out with him and I hired him mm-hmm. and I paid him 10,000 bucks a month to give me about half an hour a month. I became in a lot of ways him. The problem is I became him. And I say that because I started to get the money. I started to get the success and the accolades. I also became the values or the lack of the lack mm-hmm. of ethics that this guy had and many of the other mentors yeah. had. So if what we tend to do is we say, hey, this person can teach me how to do X. Yeah, you know what? They're going to teach you how to do something based on a value system that's that you're going to start absorbing because right. you become the people you're around. And if you've got a mentor and you're listening to them real close, you're going to become... They're, they're whoever they are. And right. so, so you're going to become everything about them. And this becomes a huge problem if, they're the, if they have the wrong energy. I would mm-hmm. suggest digging a little deeper before you say, hey, this person just happens to have made a bunch of money or they have a really shiny car. Um, it's very dangerous when you wake up and you've got a whole bunch of money and you have no friends and no soul. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, and one of the things... Um, you know, I think you experienced as well and, you know, in looking through uh, some of the things that you've written is, um, you know, the other thing you run the risk of whenever you're following someone like that is that if their intentions are maybe less about helping you than they are helping themselves, then although it seems like you're being mentored them and you are following them, but really it's for their selfish ambition, not for your benefit. And so um, I think, you know, the person you're talking about there, like you had mentioned in one of your books about, um, you know, same person, you know, he advises you to go buy a Ferrari, advises you to come out and spend all this money at his castle. Well, you're giving him all of this money. That's what he was out for. You know, your goal, helping a million people reach financial freedom, um, his goal, personal 
financial success. Um, and so you actually then kind of play into their game as opposed to someone that's investing in you for your personal success and what that really is and looks like for you. So you, you run that risk when you, um, when you're following maybe the wrong people that have the wrong motives and why they're trying to, um, help you and help drive you forward as well. And, and there, here's something that's really, really important because I'm not a victim in this. When I did this, I mean, I can, I can play the victim card, but I don't do that because my number one, number one value, there's six that drive my life is self-responsibility. Yeah. I own everything in my life. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if some massive disaster happens and I have a, a, a sibling or something that dies, yeah. I'm still going to own it. And it's, it's, there's no blame in my life. Yeah. Back then, this person I hired fit perfectly with who I was because right. I had no idea who the heck I was. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it's so important for you to figure out when, when we talk about this, it's sort of, a, you know, it's, we talk about it a lot. People talk about mission and values yeah. and it, it becomes cliche. Well, here's the thing. If you don't have those things, then somebody else's mission, and it may just be to have another castle becomes what's going to drive you because you're going to feed their thing. And so right. this guy telling me, like you read about in, in Reinvented Life, mm -hmm. when I wrote that thing, he said, yeah, go and push and, and tell the bank to give you the money for the Ferrari. And mm -hmm. so I said, you're right. Well, yeah, because the more that I become a consumer, the more that I'm going to rely on him to go make more money, to pay him to keep right. making more money for more right. cars and crap. So you have got to figure out what matters to you. And if you don't yeah. have that figured out, somebody else's agenda, like you just said, is going to drive who you are and what you yeah. spend your time focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, you're really not being true to yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you know, everybody, every day you have kind of successes or, or pinnacle moments, I'm sure kind of highs and lows to the course of the day. But if you put all this in aggregate over the last, you know, several years of your career, is there any one moment that stands out that's sort of a defining high moment for you, a defining, um, uh, a, a defining time that you say, this was really a pinnacle moment. This was a mountain moment for me that, um, that as I were to kind of sit back and look now, and if I had to say like this one thing meant more than anything, what would you say that might have been for you through the course of your career? And that was, that was easy. It was, it was literally five years ago. And it was, I was doing work with a guy that I ended up doing a lot of martial arts training with. And mm -hmm. we spent, we spent almost two years with this one question, what is true. Yeah. And in the beginning of working together, he didn't trust me. He didn't, he looked at me and he's like, yeah, I, I get why you lost your money. Cause you were, you were kind of a prick and, yeah. and you're not trustworthy. Yeah. There was a period 18 months in. I've never shared this with anybody, but there was a period where I, we finished up a session and, and I said, Hey, I, you know what? I forgot my wallet. Um, can I pay you next week? He get, he goes, yeah, no problem. I trust you. And I, I literally started welling up. Yeah. And it was, it was this moment where I re realized wow, I, something has shifted because he yeah. was right there with me and I, I had yeah. shifted where he actually did trust me. And it, it, what, here's what the, the value of that was for me. I realized I could trust me. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't trust me before. So I was trying to prove to everybody else that, hey, here's who I was because I didn't yeah. even know who I was. And so I didn't trust anything about me. I didn't know what was guiding me. And him saying that proved something to me that I could trust my own instincts, my mm -hmm. decisions, my values, my drive, my focus, wherever I was going. And it allowed me over the course of the the, net, the last five years since that moment, when things were off, when somebody was challenging me, right. I would think about it and I'd be willing to say, you know what? I trust me and mm -hmm. I disagree with you respectfully and mm -hmm. I'm doing it my way. That's yeah. a huge shift when you can trust yourself enough to make a decision and stand alone because you believe in yourself. Yeah. 
Well, no, that's that's excellent, Damien. It's certainly great advice for people that are that are kind of going through the same process. Is there? Um, it's easy to doubt ourselves, and and sometimes that um, having someone else kind of reassure you that maybe you're doing the right things or heading in the right direction um, is a big platform to be able to stand on. And and so as we look at the flip side of that, though. Um, you know, obviously, from a financial perspective, you had the crash several years ago and, and what that did for you financially. But um, is there anything else that you would look at that was that was a, a real valley, kind of that that failing moment, which, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, a mistake or that failure doesn't mean that it wasn't a great lesson learned. But if there was something that you were able to go back and, and you know, tell the generations after you um, that, hey, if you could learn just one thing from, from a mistake that I made, this is what it is. Like this is sort of that, that, again, kind of defining maybe fail moment that you had through the course of your career. I have a shared lesson that they came mm -hmm. up. You've heard of the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, mm -hmm. from Robert Kiyosaki. I was, I was on a boat recently with Robert down in, in Puerto Rico. And, and it's funny because the very first lesson, you want to go dive into this one, chapter one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the rich don't work for money. My one suggestion, yeah. stop working for money. Yeah. And when, when you do that, if here's one thing that'll happen, it'll never be enough. And you yeah. will violate values and ethics. You'll violate things to try to get this money. If you've got something that is, is a truer purpose to, mm -hmm. to grow people, or to impact or do something, the money will become a side effect. Everybody that you look out and is focused on the money that doesn't have a higher purpose, something that has, it's, it's beyond just themselves. It could mm -hmm. be their family. It could be their community. It could be the planet. Right. If you don't have that, you're becoming a money bee. There's this, mm -hmm. this thing that Buckminster Fuller talks about. It's the 90 degree processional effect where you do this one thing in a certain direction and at 90 degrees, the true purpose is happening. It has to do with pollination. A great example is with bees pollinating flowers. They think they're going out there to do to, to get the pollen and things. They think they're going to go make honey. Well, right. they're not. They're cross-pollinating all these flowers, but that's not what yeah. they see because it's 90 degrees away. The money has to be 90 degrees off. If you're focusing on money, you're never going to have enough, it's, and you're never really going to understand the true purpose. Yeah. So you've got to figure out something that you're working for. That one thing would have probably saved 10 years of my life. <laughs> so yeah. is, that, is, that, is that important advice? I, I think 10 years is an, an important yeah. amount of time for people to save. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. And I think, is it uh, uh, Simon Sinek, you know, uh, start with why and just understand what that is. And, um, um, and uh, you know, to your point about whenever you're chasing the money, I think the old quote is as simple as, you know, how much is enough money? Just a little bit more. You know, it's always, it's whatever always, it always is. a little bit more. Yeah. Right. You've got 5 million. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. And, and, um, and you're right. Uh, you know, such a, such a great lesson learned there. Let, so, let me give you an, uh, one sample, something that I've, I've worked with people over the last uh, 13 years now and common theme, people come in and they say, Hey, I, I want help with my money. And I say, okay, great. What, what do you want to work on? Because mm -hmm. it's people find me because they resonate and they, they realize that I'm going to be able to use kind of x-ray vision to figure out what the real problem is. And then we're going to fix the money. And as a result, people come in and they say, I want to make money. I go, you've got $3 million in the bank. Right. What is your real problem? And they go, uh, uh, you know, I, I need to make more money. Then I'll be free. And I go, yeah. no, Money is not the answer. And they go, well, it's cash flow. And I go, no, cash flow is not the answer. They go, well, what the hell is the answer then? I yeah. say, the answer for financial freedom is confidence. Because when you believe in your ability, when you trust yourself to create, you'll no longer say, I need a million and then I'm happy. I, you're not going to trade your week and your relationships right. for another dollar. You'll, mm -hmm. say, you'll say, I believe 
that I can go create this. So whether you have a million or a hundred thousand in the bank, I'm not saying you should take a vow of poverty. I'm saying that that money is not going to solve it. Your, your belief in yourself will, and you get that by building the muscle. You can't get that by reading a book. You have to go do something. And then once you do the thing, it's amazing. The freedom is part of who you are and everything shifts. Yeah, that's great. Well, and, you know, we've, we've talked quite a bit here about, um, you know, success and how that's defined kind of in different areas of people's lives. But as you sit in your, as you sit through your, through your career right now, how would you define success? Like, how do you define that for other people? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, in fairly simple terms, like just kind of that one sentence explanation, what does success really mean? Well, the success to me is more of an ego thing. To, when Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs, and I wrote about this in, in Reinvented Life, I actually took those things, kind of tore them apart. I think that significance, which is like the ego, it's saying, hey, I've achieved yeah. this, I got this award, I got this money, this house, this wife, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that and the security piece, having the money, are, are two of those human needs that are really screwed up because they're so tied to the ego. My idea of quote unquote success is really more fulfillment. The fulfillment comes from four things, the people, the experiences, the environments, and the contribution. Mm-hmm. And I think the last one is so powerful. If you can really narrow your focus, wake up in the morning and ask, what is my contribution? What work am I doing that matters? Like Seth Godin talks about, what is the yeah. work that fires me up? What is the charity? What am I doing that's going to benefit people that I'm not getting anything from? I'm just doing this work that matters. Right. When you focus on satisfying those things, you're never going to ask, okay, how do I become more successful? Like what right. Super Bowl ring do I need to fit on the other fingers? Cause I'm Tom Brady and five isn't enough. Yeah. You know, like you, yeah. it's, you start to satisfy things and you shift into a place where you're not asking the question anymore because you're so happy. Your smile gives it away. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that, that's great. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing how often, especially even in this form, you know, we get a chance to talk to people about what that success is, how often, um, you know, and of course, the, the people we, we try to have on the show that I like to have on the show have reached what the world would typically recognize as some form of success. And so often that goes back to the impact they're having on others, you know, and as you talk about that contribution piece and, um, you know, the, the old statement that is better to give than to receive, like, it's amazing how true that really is. Um, even in our professional careers and the way that we're able to give back and help others and contribute to society, contribute to people, um, uh, just the the satisfaction that we can have in that and be able to rest easy through that. Um, Kyle, there, there is a huge mistake that we make. And I I saw this in my own mother. I, I think it's still the case. It's this whole idea of only being able to give and not being able to receive. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because of what you just said. It's not, it's not terrible. It's just missing a piece. And that is yeah. people believe that it's better to give than receive. Here's yeah. the problem. If you don't know how to receive, how can somebody give to you? You're cutting yeah. off this energetic yeah. exchange. Yeah. And here's the point. It's about circulation. It's about right. being able to give and receive and continue circulating that energy. If yeah. you're a terrible receiver, you're going to be a crappy giver. Because it's going to be this weird energy of you always having to be kind of a martyr, like giving the, the, the shirt off your back. That's not what the world needs. The world mm-hmm. needs people to circulate energy because then we all do yeah. better together. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, Damien, do you think, I mean, obviously, um, as you shifted early in your career from um, you know, financial success to, um, to kind of uh, uh, success through freedom, uh, you know, there's obviously been a shift. but can you can you kind of pinpoint or define where that um, um, 
where that moment was that sort of shifted and what, what shifted in you and what was it that happened in your life that, that caused that shift from what success was maybe 20 years ago to what you believe success is now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually giving me tingles right now thinking about it. It's actually painful because it was, it was the, the moment that I had, it was, it was the last conversation I ever had with my father before he passed away. Mm. We were, we were sitting together up in Alaska at a coffee shop and he was, he was stage four and we mm. both knew he didn't have very long. And we had talked about traveling together. We had talked about these things over the years and we never did it. And he, knowing he didn't have very long, he looked at me and he, and he said, you know, there were just so many things that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I sat there and a part of me just died. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced with my father mm -hmm. other than watching him lose his cat when the cat died. <laughs> he was realizing that his, his options had died. Yeah. That there was, a, there was this realization that he was living with regret and mm -hmm. the last weeks of his life were going to be an experience of the regret of the things he didn't go after. Because mm -hmm. he played safe. And it was that moment where I realized, okay, one, this is hell on earth because he saw the man that he could have been yeah. in his mind and he was no longer going to be able to meet him. Yeah. He was not going to be able to live him and be him. And, and I said, I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to yeah. be my dad that way. And I'm going to do everything I can to inspire people to break them out of these shackles that are keeping them stuck on a collision course towards that regret. Because that's where people are going to that moment when they're 70, 80, 90 years old and they go, yeah. damn, I had things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Screw that. That is BS. Mm -hmm. You can live it. You can do it. You, you've got the options right now, unless you're in that space. And God bless you if you are. I mean, that sucks. But mm -hmm. the truth is most of us are pretending we're in that space where we're stuck and we have no options. And the truth is you just right. got to get off your ass and go do something and break, mm -hmm. your sh you know, break those shackles apart. Mm -hmm. Regret is the worst possible scenario in our lives because there's nothing we can do about it. And it is truly hell on earth. So at yeah. uh, that moment, I said, what, what's going to be hell on earth? Me waking up one day and going, this is my last day. And mm -hmm. I didn't give everything. Right. I didn't leave it all in the field. And right. so for, for me, it meant playing a bigger game. It meant having a bigger impact. It wasn't about talking to a person here and there. It was about talking to the globe. It was about breaking people free and having a ripple effect that can shift humanity. I know I can, and therefore I have to. I must. It is not an option anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. What, a, what an amazing um, an amazing moment. I love when I get a chance to talk to people like this and they have literally that kind of that moment, you know, because oftentimes that shift happens over a couple of years or over a period of time or a season in life. And, and it's really amazing when um, when there's really that moment, that kind of defining moment, you say, this is when I knew things had to change. And, um, and, and to your point, to be able to then take that and say, I've, I've created a goal and I'm going to focus on that every day when I wake up, that this is my goal and this is what I'm going towards. That's, that's I, awesome. Thank you. I, mm -hmm. This I, there there are goals, and then there are obsessions. Yeah. And to me, this is a very very healthy obsession. Yeah. Like I am obsessed yeah. about the work I do. When I when I wake up and go, okay, I'm working on this book. It's it's because I have to get the book out because I know yeah. that there's going to be some one. There's going to be at least a person that will have their life shifted because of that sharing, and mm. and that changes everything. It's not about getting up and punching a clock anymore. <laughs> I mean, we are yeah. so afraid of of not doing that. And, and we get this social condemnation around, you know, what do you do for a living? People get asked that when they don't yeah, have a job yeah, and then and they get judged. Right. And then, so like, that's, that's crazy. Cause it keeps us stuck in yeah. this, this tiptoeing safely towards death's door plan that we've got going on. Mm -hmm. That really doesn't serve anybody, including ourselves.
Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, such a great point. You're right. We we oftentimes get stuck in that rut and feel like we have to be there. And um, you know, so we talked about this idea here a little bit about what um, you not wanting to. You want to make sure that whenever you look back, you don't have those regrets. So as we look forward a little bit, um, let, let's take you know a fairly short time frame, even in the next ten years. What did the next ten years look like for you professionally? One of the questions that I ask myself all the time is, I have this, one of my values is 10X. And Mm -hmm. as much as I love a lot of things about Grant Cardone, I mean, I love the fact that he has a book called The 10X Rule. (laughs) The idea about the 10X, here's here's why you have to ask how you can 10X your life. Because if you don't ask the 10X question, you'll probably do a lot this next year that you did the last year, might be 10% more, but you really won't disrupt yourself. In business and in life, especially in business, Everything is changing so fast that if you don't disrupt yourself, somebody's going to disrupt you and you're going to be out of business. You're going to be chasing things. So I'm constantly asking, how can I 10x my business? How can I do 10 times more this this next year? And I start with the numbers because the numbers don't lie. And if I say I'm going to 10x my revenue, it means I need to have 10x the impact. Well, how do I do 10x the impact? Probably by not using what I did in the past. I'm going to have to go out there and look for new tools, new ways. Like with podcasting, it used to be you had a conversation, you might get a room together with five or 10 people. Now you can talk to five or 10,000 right. at a time. So the next 10 years are making sure that I'm, I'm plugging in and sharing with a larger community called Earth and, yeah. and really sharing as much as I can with as many as I can yeah. because you never know what you're going to do in terms of impact on the one person that hears the one thing that changes everything for them. And so, yeah. so the next 10 years is really about serving people. It's about teaching people in different ways that have to do with breaking those shackles. And yeah. I, everything I do will have to do with that. The great thing is I have no idea what 10 years is going to look like. Probably nobody's going to be driving. You know, the drones are going to be delivering our stuff from Amazon. That's I mean, like, right. who knows? It's very exciting if yeah. you can see the future as brighter than the past. If yeah. you're afraid of it, it's because you're trying to use the past to justify your future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and it is neat, you know, especially in an area where you are, like you say, where you're, you're constantly trying to see how can I make an impact and make an impact. Um, you know, the future, it's hard to not see the future as bright because there's, there's always, there's so much opportunity, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's daunting and exciting all at the same time, that there's all this opportunity out there to be able to make this impact. Um, and you know what the secret is? Here, here, here's the yeah. secret that for, for this, this future that probably scares a lot of people. If you watch CNN, Fox, and oh, if you sure. watch the news, you're yeah. terrified yeah. because the yeah. world's falling apart. It's ending tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is every day. It's ending tomorrow. And yeah. It, Here's the other problem. Even if you see a bright future, even if you're pay, you pay attention to guys like Peter Diamandis and you look at what they're doing and, and you're in the personal development world, you still get overwhelmed because there's so many things. Here's the key. You get to narrow it down and pick one and go, go balls to the wall and go all in on that thing. And you'll become an industry leader like Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn. These, these, these amazing minds have said this for decades. Mm-hmm. Focus. You'll become the top. There's no competition at the top. Zig Ziglar talks about this a lot. There is no competition at the top. Yeah. It's actually very lonely because nobody's there. And the only way you get there is by, by becoming obsessed and going deep into something. If you're shallow bouncing off 47,000 things, nobody cares and you're not going to make any, any headway. Yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, you know, I, I love to, uh, I love to ask this question when I get a chance to, to talk to people, especially, you know, someone like yourself that's, that's young and you've got, you know, all of these goals you're continuing to, to work towards, but, the idea or the concept of retirement, what does that look like for you? Retirement's a death sentence. Yeah. 
I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. The average male in the United States is dead three years after they retire. Mm-hmm. It's because they're they're no longer relevant. They they don't have anything to focus on. And people say, "Well, I'm going to travel. I'm going to do." But you know what? You're going to I'm going to do this and that, and it's all baloney. Mm-hmm. And even if you do, the fact that you're not doing anything to contribute, you're just consuming resources. We we talked about this with circulation. Mm-hmm. Here's what the universe says: The universe says you're just taking up space. You are literally not contributing to this whole master plan. You're consuming, and you're done. If you're going to consume resources, you're done. I am. I am absolutely certain this is how the how it works. Mm-hmm. There is you don't have people dying three years after they retire, regardless of age, because that's not a fact. It's one of these generalized principles right. that Bucky Fuller talks about. That it's always true. If you're not contributing, then you're taking up space. And ret- the idea of retiring that you're done. Like, why would you do that? You're 50, 60 years old. You have decades of experience, and then you're going to stop. Yeah. That's like the best time to be contributing because you have yeah. all this wisdom. It's yeah. not just regurgitated crap from academia. It's actually a life experience that, that people are craving. They're yeah. not, they don't, we don't need any more memes. We don't need any more people regurgitating some book that Napoleon Hill wrote. We need people going out and doing it and saying, here's what I learned based on my experience. Reality. Right. It's, it's objective right. reality. I mean, yeah. that, that's what we're looking for. So I hate the idea of retirement. If you have something you want to do, go freaking book it this year. Go get it done. Mm-hmm. Go experience yeah. it. But just stop waiting and thinking your life's going to start when you when you punch that clock the last time. Yeah. Well, and I believe wholeheartedly too that you know if you're loving what you're doing, isn't that the whole point of retirement? I mean, you know, people spend years saying, "Well, when I retire, I'm going to do these things that I love." Then do what you love. And if you're doing what you're doing, um, um, then you know I think it's Dave Ramsey that says, you know, if your vocation uh, is like vacation. You're on vacation every day of your life. And if you love what you're doing and you love the mission that you're trying to accomplish, um, the idea of, of waking up one day and saying, all right, you know, I've done, I've put my 40 years in and um, now I'm going to do the things that I've, that I want to do. Well, why not spend those 40 years doing something that you want to do? And, and then there's no need to even consider the, the idea, you know, of, of just stopping one day. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons I like to talk about that on the show is because I want people to hear and understand that, that those that are really, I don't know, it's so rare to ever have anybody on the show when I'm talking to them about this and they say, oh yeah, you know, in 10 years, uh, I'm just going to hang it up and, uh, you know, just jump in the RV and go all over it. Like, no, that's not, that's not the goal. And, and, you know, for people that really have that drive and success, it's just not the goal. It's, it's, it's all about what do I continue to do and how do I continue to contribute and continue to use my mind and be a part of, of, um, be part of this journey instead of just saying, well, I'm done. Now I get to do what I enjoy. Or you can just do what you enjoy for the first 40 years and, uh, and keep going. It's a, it's a, you're right. It's, it's a pathetic experience of life. It's a, it's a pathetic yeah. excuse for playing safe, for playing not to, not to lose. You can yeah. see this. You want to see what your life's going to look like when you're 60 or 70 years old, when you quote unquote retire and you're playing it safe. Go watch any sports team that's, that gets ahead and then they play mm-hmm. not to lose and they get demolished. I yeah. mean, it, it happened a couple of years ago. It happened with new, new England Patriots yeah. and, and they, you know, th- this stuff happens and it. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be your life. If you're not sitting there waking up, like one of the most insane things, at least outside looking in, <laughs> I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I can't wait to start reading the tax code. And yeah. people would say, I don't want to read that any time of day. And I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Because it's dialed into something that helps me have a bigger impact. And when you start, right. when you start serving your soul at that level, because it, it's part of this mission, whatever your mission is, doesn't mean you have to wake up at three o'clock. The point is, though, that 
you find that thing that gets you so fired up. Yeah. You're not thinking about, golly, it's Sunday. I might have a heart attack tonight because I can't, I, I don't want to go to Monday because that's when I work. Yeah. You're thinking, what day is it? Do I get to work today? Like, this is really exciting. I get to yeah. do something that I am in love with. Like, yeah. if you're not in love with your thing, freaking quit. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to starve yeah. to death. Go to Costco, get some rice and beans. You'll be good yeah. and figure it out. But yeah. holy crap, you know, you're going to starve to death if you don't feed your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I often tell people, you know, for me, like, um, you know, I'm sitting in my office right now. And for me, like, this is oftentimes my oasis. You know, even when I'm on vacation with the family and things like that, like, I kind of look forward to that coming back to the office and just sitting down and getting, getting in a computer and kind of looking at what do we have going on and what do we need to do? Like what's next? And, um, uh, and, 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 and of course I admittedly, you know, I didn't always experience that in my career, but there's something really special about that when you're able to, to say like, I can't wait to get in today. Like it's, this is going to be great. Um, there, there's just something really cool about that and something really special about that. And, um, uh, and it, it, it you know, and it's, um, you really, you kind of start to feel bad for the people that, compl- you know, like, oh my gosh, got to go to work on Monday, got to go to work on Monday. And, you know, there are times that I'm like, man, tomorrow, Monday's going to be awesome because we got this going on and I can do that, you know, and, and um, uh, it's amazing You're just shifting that mindset. But I think a lot of it goes back to what we talked about earlier and what you had expressed of finding that reason. Why are you doing this? What is your purpose behind doing this? And, um, and whether it's, working in a factory or laying brick or running a, you know, a fortune 100 company, whatever it is for you, what, why, why are you doing it? And what's the purpose? It makes such an impact on the way that we look at it and the way we can enjoy it. It, it does. And, and if you, if, if you, if, if the words come out of your mouth, just, just think about this for a second. If you're listening right now and the words have ever come out of your mouth, I have three years or I have eight years to go. And then I'm done. I heard my dad say this. He said, I have 12 years to go. And I remember looking at him going, are you out of your damn mind? Yeah. Like, why? Because he hated his job. Even if you don't hate your job, but you're not in love with your job mm-hmm. or with the work you're doing, mm-hmm. you're literally saying, I'm good with prison. I, I am, I'm okay. I got OJ's plan. I'm going to sit here behind these bars and that's my thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, you know, you're, you're, you're giving up this, this period of time. So why, why did he do that? Why do so many people do that? Because they think, like in his case, he worked for the, the military. And his idea was, if I do 12 more years, if I have this, think about that, the way that we frame it, if I do 12 more years, that's like hard time. Yeah. That was like prison. If yeah. I do 12 more years, then I get a pension. This whole idea of retirement, that you yeah. get this pension, this government. He used to ask me when I had 150 rental houses, he said, when are you going to get a job? Like, when are you going to get like a government job? If, if, you, if you finish mm. your college degree, you can become a government official and you get like a pension. I go, dad, I got 150 houses. I think I'm okay. Yeah. But it, he, he was obsessed with this security yeah. because he was afraid. And it was because he was reliant on a system. And this is a big part of what I spend all my time with is breaking people f- free from this idea of abdicating responsibility, handing over their money and saying, mm-hmm. Wall Street, fix it so that when I'm 60, I'm good. I say, screw that. You know what? Mm-hmm. There's another option. You can actually have control of your money. You can become confident in your abilities to create wealth. And let's just flip this whole model on its head. So you take total control of your retirement money. So if you have an idea of retirement, really what that means is when you're old and you're not there manually working, that you've got this thing that's working for you. It's called your money's working for you. Mm -hmm. It's never, ever, ever going to happen if your money is sitting in Wall Street and you have no idea what's going on. But it can if you take control of it. And that's that's like when we talk about narrow focus, 
my narrow focus right now with the tools in terms of breaking people free mm-hmm. is to break their money out of Wall Street jail and give yeah. them their that tool and say, okay, you know what? You're smart enough. Wall Street tells you you're stupid. They say you're not smart enough. I totally disagree. I just think that they're ripping you off and taking advantage of you and making all the money on your back. You're taking all the risk. I just disagree with that. So there are other ways of doing things. It's really a shift in thinking and trusting yourself. It comes back to that one thing. Do you trust yourself? Are you willing to own everything in your life? And if you are, you can design your life. It doesn't have to be a default life. Yeah. Yeah. Design it the way you want to. Um, so Damien, you, the, I always ask this question and, um, and I'm especially interested to hear what you have to say about this. Um, if, if we get off this call today and uh, your phone rings and you found out that you just out of nowhere, randomly won a million dollars, what do you do with that money? It's a great question. It's funny because I ask the same question to people and they go, Oh, I give it away. And I'm like, that's why you don't have any damn money. You moron because you're repelling it. Yeah. So in, in, with, with a million dollars, I w- it's fuel for my mission. Mm-hmm. So what that would mean is that I would bring on more resources. I would invest in more people to create more leverage yeah. because I run out of time. I fly around the country. I train, I mm-hmm. teach. I, and I don't, I don't have another car. I don't have another house. There's mm-hmm. no consumption that matters to me. What it does is it gives me more fuel for the leverage that I can impact more people faster. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I hire more people. I bring the right people in. And I say, here's the thing. It's not about the tool. It's about the who. Start with the who. The how figures itself out because the who knows what to do. You've Mm -hmm. got to figure out the who in your life. And that team will make all the difference. We're all looking for the new, the new like widget or gadget or gizmo Mm -hmm. or or app or whatever. That is not the answer. And it sure as hell is not another thing that you consume. Mm -hmm. It's the who's in our lives that will change everything. So that million bucks, that just created some more who's that are world-class. And I promise you the world-class don't cost you money. They make you money. They make you, they make you wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's a great way, great way to invest it. Uh, you know, and it's hard to go wrong when you invest in the right people. Um, it's hard to go wrong when, when you invest in the right people and that's a great use. That's it. That's it. Um, so we're going to kind of look at, uh, um, you know, how we kind of help others, you know, maybe some advice and, and, and hopefully people have already picked up uh, some, some great tips and pointers to the conversation already. But let's talk about personality characteristics a little bit. You've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people with a lot of different personality types through the course of your career. Is there, are there any particular personality characteristics that, um, that are kind of like magnets for you that you know, like, these are the people that I want to be around. Um, these are the people that I get energy from. Um, these are the personality characteristics that drive me and that, that really uh, are, are, are attractive to me. Yeah, absolutely. They're, one of the things that's a, it's a great litmus test for me with anybody I'm going to spend time with, mm-hmm. are they an energy sucker or an energy li- delivery system? Like mm-hmm. when, I, when I leave an hour with somebody, mm-hmm. do I feel drained or do I feel inspired and I'm all jacked up and I want to go like, yeah. I want to go run or something, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. There, we know, you, I mean, you know, listening guys that it, yeah. they're, everybody in your life, just think about them. How do you leave those conversations? And so if somebody's a drain on me, they get like one or two of those. And then I'm just out. I eviscerate them. And it is harsh. I slice and dice people like there's no tomorrow. And it scares people because I'm willing to do it fast because our lives are not indefinite. And, and so that's, that's a huge one. I I also pay attention to whether people show up. Do they actually, Mm -hmm. do they are are like Tim Grover talks about in relentless. Mm -hmm. Do, do they become obsessed about closing the loop? I can't not close loops. Like if some, if I commit to something, I have to get it done or I go crazy. Yeah. I'm amazed at how many people just don't give a crap. They'll just say, oh, you know what? It'll, it'll get done when it gets, it gets done or they'll show up when they want to show up or they'll say, I'll call you and they don't call you. Yeah. If, 
if if you want to make a huge difference, if you want to be on the top of whatever your life, yeah, actually show up and do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That that one thing to me that shows integrity, it shows honor, it shows respect, it shows so many things, and it's such a simple thing, and yet it's very very uncommon. Mm-hmm. So those. The, the other thing that's that's incredibly important is how you look at the world. Are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? Are you constantly chicken littling it? And there's a lot of things that are screwed up. I mean, yeah. like our financial system, we're printing money out of thin air. This is not good for people that actually have wealth. I mean, yeah, give me a break. Math doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And and yeah. people go, oh, it's good. The economy is booming. It's artificial. And right. yet there is an opportunity because you can tap into it. So you can be on the outside, being an insider in the system. Like you can argue. I, I, one of my friends and mentors, Steve Siebel, talks about this a lot. You can argue with the system, or you can become inside the system. You can understand it and then take part in it. the The tax code that the tax uh, cut that just happened serves certain people in business and in real estate. Well, you can bitch about it, or you can say, "Okay, well, how do I use it?" And right. it's it's a choice. Like it is open. It's not like, hey, you know what? You weren't born with the right last name, so you don't get to use it. No, you just have to do what the thing said. Go buy some real estate or do some business or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a mindset around abundance. It's one of the reasons I love Peter Diamandis with his book Abundance because it's really a choice. Mm-hmm. And I love being around people. If people are going to bitch and whine and complain and moan and be a victim about their past or the mm-hmm. future, I'm out. And those people are basically dead. Yeah. 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 There's, uh, not enough time in life to, um, to have your energy drained and sucked by someone else. Nope. Um, <clears throat> Damien, what, um, you, you've mentioned a lot of resources as we've talked here, which is great. Um, a lot of, uh, books and, and, um, uh, and, and people that have really kind of helped shape ideas and concepts along the way. Do you have any specific books or authors or resources, whether it be, um, you know, uh, podcasts or speakers, anything like that, that you would recommend to others to say, like, you have to go check these things out um, as you work your way through your journey? Yeah, I'll give you three. Three that are that are incredibly useful that mm-hmm. you can apply immediately. Um, one is anything that Steve Seabold has, has written. Mm-hmm. He, uh, how, how rich people think 177 secrets of the world class. Those mm-hmm. are fantastic. The other two people that I, I love, uh, one has passed away. His name is George Leonard. He wrote a book called mastery. Your life is not about success moments. It's not a checkbox list. It is mm-hmm. literally about a process of mastery that goes until you stop breathing. Mm-hmm. And the other one is by Ray Dalio who wrote principles, my favorite book last year. And that one will help you understand everything. I mean, literally, when you boil everything down to principles, how you're going to guide your life, one yeah. of the things at Bridgewater that, where he, that he founded is a thing called radical transparency. You've mm-hmm. never heard of a firm that is more transparent and open. I thought mine was because yeah. transparency is one of our six values. Yeah. This guy takes it to a different level. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love that. So I would say those three people, Steve Siebold, Ray Dalio, and George Leonard with, the book, uh, with the, their books, those three people... If you study them, don't just read them and go cool, but right. study them, get, get other people to read those books and then talk about it. Like Robert Kiyosaki does with his book study groups. Mm-hmm. It's a great strategy. Get together and say, okay, chapter one, what were they saying? And understand this stuff and you, it will shift you more than reading a hundred books will ever do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Very good. Well, and, and something else that I, I want to add to that, um, of course, you've written a couple of books as well. And, and um, you know, there was something that I really, that I appreciated and, and, a lot of it having to do with because of my personal journey. Um, but your, uh, your book reinvented life. Um, one of the things that you kind of talk about through that process, and I think it's just a great message is, you know, as you've gone through this, um, this career path and, and from, 
uh, again, you know, I've kind of used this term, the financial success as the world sees it to, to where you are now and kind of this mission driven success. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated in that is, you know, that as you started reinventing your life and reinventing yourself, um, you know, you were, you were, um, uh, downsizing homes, you were, um, getting rid of things and, and sort of simplifying life. And, um, that's something over the last few years that I've, I've, recognized the joy in as well. And, um, and I think that that is a message, uh, for people that, that can't be overstated, um, especially early in their career, because our mindset is so opposite. It's acquire, acquire, acquire. And yet in reality, um, there's so much, uh, fulfillment and true happiness in, uh, simplification and simplification and focusing on what's important. And so I want to, want to make sure to kind of throw that out there as well. Um, because it's one thing to hear someone talk about it, but to be able to kind of read, um, that journey and that story. And, you know, I think it's really good for people to understand, like, this is what it looks like in practice and actually putting this into place. Um, so I think that's really good. And, and people need to understand that, that simplification of life. It, it is, it's, it comes down to two things. One, blank slating your life. I, this mm-hmm. happened to me after having, I've moved a lot. And mm-hmm. if you've ever moved, you, you get into your new place and you're, you're just exhausted because you drug mm-hmm. this 80,000 pounds of crap in this truck <laughs> and you move it down. And you're like, Oh, that's a lot. i like, try to put all that stuff in a backpack. Like uh, George mm-hmm. Clooney talks about in the one movie where he's teaching people, he goes, how much does your life weigh? And yeah. you take all that stuff in that moving truck, you put it in your backpack, you go, my life weighs a lot. Yeah. So I moved one time and I said, okay, I'm in a blank open house. What do I actually want in here? Yeah. Assuming that I don't have anything because I don't. Most people have, the problem is you have this stuff in your life You got, and you go, what do I not need? And there's this negative versus positive process where you either are pulling things out or you're adding them in. If you can start blank slate, if you get rid of everything in your, in your house and you say, okay, what do I want to add in? What's fascinating is a lot of the stuff that's in that moving truck you look at it and you go, I don't want to move that in. I do it by default because it's already there. And I was like, well, I don't want to throw it away. It's worth something. Mm-hmm. Then we get obsessed or attached. And and then if you are actually conscious to it and you go, would I go buy that right now? Would I go to the store and pay money? Would I trade my money? Because I know the value of my money. Right. And the answer is no at right. any price. Yeah. And you say, well, yeah. why in the world am I putting it in my space? And then you go, so I took this to a different level, a different extreme. And I said, those people that are in my life that are on my phone, if I were to meet them now, would I ask them for their number to put in my phone? And the, the reality is a lot of those people don't deserve and shouldn't be in my phone. And it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be in other people's phone too. The point was I had to be, I had to start with a blank slate yeah. and, and really come from that place. Because if you try to start with all your stuff, you'll never, it'll take forever. And this comes down to the idea of peak, a peak life, the P-E-E-C, the, the mm-hmm. people, the experiences, the environment, the contributions. Mm-hmm. What we tend to do is have the significance, all this stuff everywhere. Right. And that's what we're, we're driving our value and our self-worth from. Mm-hmm. And so we, it gets very sticky and we yeah. don't want to get rid of it because we go, well, if I didn't have the big house, then I'm a loser. Right. Dude, you're a loser if you've got 10,000 pounds of crap that you're hauling around in your backpack. Yeah. yeah. You're not light. Yeah. You can't live. You're, li- you're missing the experience. Yeah. 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 Your life is living you. You're not living your life anymore. Um, well, Damien, this was great. I really appreciate it. I've had a great time. And, and certainly I, I think, um, I think that the audience is, is going to come away with some just wonderful information. Um, before we head out here, uh, where can people connect with you, contact you, learn more about you and your mission and, and, and what you're trying to accomplish out there? 
The best place is DamienLupo.com. Mm-hmm. There's there's a place where people can actually get a free copy of the of the Reinvented Life workbook there, mm-hmm. and you can download it. It gives you the the questions because here's the thing, another secret. The answers are freaking inside you. If somebody <laughs> will just ask you the questions, yeah, and that's yeah. the problem. We don't know what to ask, and yeah. so the the work that Chris and I did on reinvented life when we wrote that was really about sharing our experiences so that you're not getting academic you know regurgitation. You're getting right. our real world perspective and then questions. And so this the workbook in you can get reinvented life the book or not, but get the workbook. It's it's mm-hmm. free. You just download it. Yeah. And and it'll ask you questions that you may have never been asked before that will start opening you up to the potential of your life being lived on purpose and mm-hmm. not again by default. So yeah. download that book at, at my site and you'll you'll you, you know what? You can learn more about me than you ever wanted to know. Yeah, that's at least at least grab that workbook on DamienLupo.com. Good, good, and we will uh, we'll put a um, uh, a connection to that in the show notes, and certainly the resources that we've talked about today, and, and hopefully uh, people can can gain some great information from that. Um, Damien, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to to come on and share your story and and share your mission. I wish you the best of luck as you continue to move forward and try to spread this message. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. It's been super fun. I can't even believe how it just blew by, but you know what? That's what happens when you're in the middle of something so powerful and present. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. That's right. Thank you. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day. We want to thank today's sponsor, SimpleEHire.com. Even the concept of this is simple. In today's competitive job market, it is hard just to find the best candidates that are available. And so what SimpleEHire.com allows you to do is is it allows you to use their buying power with the best places in the market, the best places on the internet to put your jobs so that you can Find and identify the best candidates that are available. All you have to do is go to www.simpleehire.com. From there, you can get set up and get signed up. It's month to month. There's no long-term contract. It costs less than if you try to go do this on your own to get the same number of candidates. You get more exposure, more candidates, better opportunities to find the best person that's going to fit in your organization. Go check them out at www.simpleehire.com.